every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number three on a terrific football Tuesday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Uh, If you're joining us on Stadium, we appreciate it. 60 more minutes for the day on Stadium. And over the course of the next 60 minutes, we will bring you a conversation with our friend Pete Blackburn, talking National Hockey League. Pete's new show, What Chaos, part of the All City Network, Monday through Thursdays. Also, Bally Sports. And for our uh, our teammates here at Stadium, Pete Blackburn doing great work for our friends at Stadium as well. Pete stops by joining us here in 40 minutes. We will finish our handicap of the Jets and the Raiders on Sunday Night Football, NFL Week 10. And we'll get to the Bills and the Broncos on Monday Night Football in Week Number 10. Also give you thoughts on Most Valuable Player right now in the NBA. I look forward to that. And Lockmas, Day 2. How to bet the Heisman Trophy right now with a pair of Pac-12 quarterbacks atop the odds board. All our bets for tonight coming up in the final hour of the Power Hour of the show. If you want to watch that, you'll have to head on over to twitch.tv backslash betql. But for now, let's keep talking Sunday Night Football. Jake, bring the music up, please, with the Jets and the Raiders. And Ken, just for you to reiterate what you said to close the hour, it sounds like you're not going to have a bet on this game, at least as it stands right now with the point spread being what it is. I don't think so. I just... I. You and I have watched a lot of NFL. You've watched much more than I have even, but we've both been around for a little bit. I am always really mindful of the new coach one week bounce that then turns into like it's not actually a real thing and they they don't win every game down the stretch and this actually isn't a team that's going to go on a run. Now we have seen teams do that. We've just also seen a lot of situations where you fire the coach. All the reporting last week was like the Raiders locker room was so happy about like what was going on and they go out and they give you a performance that reflects that, to be honest. But like the consistency of doing that is still tough. The Jets defense is much tougher than what they fa- what they faced in the other game. The game is at least likely to be much closer because the Jets defense will make it that. I, it, it does feel like a coin flip game to me. Market has it as a coin flip game. I don't really see an angle to make a bet. Like I know Zach Wilson's awful. I know he's like the wor- maybe the worst starting quarterback in terms of like, you know, not the Clayton two newcomer type starting quarterback, maybe the worst one in the league. I totally get that. Like, OK, let's see O'Connell against this Jets defense and let's see O'Connell against this Jets pass rush. And let's see like how that matchup goes. Maybe this is like a, a Jets Giants kind of a rock fight and it's random possession at the end of the game wins. The market kind of has it reflected that way. So I, I don't have an angle right now to make a bet. So the market could move. Something could change. But for right now probably one of my least confident games even though like an interesting and important game which team has the better quarterback i mean i don't, I don't even know how to answer that it, uh I, I i i think you i think you take the shot with o'connell right as you know what well, zach wilson is we don't know what o'connell is yet okay uh which quarterback has had the best single game this year which is unfair to o'connell and the answer is wilson against the chiefs yeah, Wilson like, was pretty good in that game against Kansas City. So he's, he has one game where he showed you something, and, like, the rest of the games for both quarterbacks. Like, I I mean, yeah, you could be like, well, O'Connell was great against the Giants. Like, is that really what that was? I don't know. Um, he was fine. I I, I don't – I like, you're, I know you're asking that because you think the answer is O'Connell. I don't think there's an answer to I, that. I don't think it has I'm to be I'm not O'Connell. saying that. Right. I, I just think it's I think it's a question worth asking because like I think the answer okay. could be like up for debate. I don't think it's like a slam dunk. It's not like Chiefs Jets. Well, hey, it's like, like who's uh, the better coach? And it's like, well, Pierce hasn't coached more than a game yet, so like we don't know. Yeah. So obviously Antonio Pierce. I mean, he won a Super Bowl for the Giants. How could it not be Antonio <laughs> Pierce? 
You know, Salah's playing. It's like, how about like uh, with Damian Woody and a bunch of other former judges just like roasting Salah on Twitter overnight? It's like, what? Who do you want him to play? Like, what? What would you like him to? Do? Like, he's awful. They thought Rodgers was gonna play. They were trying to kind of like massage this thing and still have Wilson be the backup, and they didn't get a backup that was like awesome. Like, this is what it is. Like, well, that's Salah's fault. It's like, is it? Like, who who could make Zach Wilson good? Who would you like to there do are, it? Maybe Kevin O'Connell. There are five hundred. Besides that, yeah. They're 500 with Zach Wilson the starting Eagles. the entire year. Yes. Yeah. They beat the Bills you know, in week you one. You know, their only loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just, yeah. Some people are never yeah. going to be happy. Um, I guess last note on this game for now. And, like, m m I haven't bet the game. I think I'd only bet the Raiders if this is what the point spread was going to be. He's like, pick the winner of the game. Like, I'll, I'll take the Raiders at home if I had to. Is this, like, a, maybe the Raiders close a favorite? Maybe they don't. But if we're going to hang out in this range, like Jets one and a half, Raiders one and a half. Is this just like tease the other side and this is going to be a close game? It seems unlikely. Well, to be fair, the Raiders blew out the Giants. We took that philosophy in that game. We got nothing. Um, is there too much volatility with O'Connell to say that for sure? Could be really good. Could be terrible. Maybe. He could, um, could turn it over like four times. He did that against the Chargers. Yeah. I think I think I would like, and we, uh, we didn't do this with the other game. How do you feel about the Chargers as a teaser like? They're the Chargers. I mean, so I mean by, by well, rule we have to like it. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, look, like it's it's Herbert plus eight and a half, where like and, and I know this is not the way we want to handicap where it's like at the end of the game, if they're down, you feel like he could get you in through the back door. So yeah, yeah. like I yeah, I, I, do I, I, I kinda like that. Yeah. Just that was pretty frustrating. Break. Yeah. Just saying. No. I I I think uh I think I would pass on this teaser leg, but I, I but like like what? Which like which one would I pass on? Actually, like Ra I don't know. Now I'm like thinking I about think it. There's I'm like, a really man Raiders seven and a half against Zach Wilson. Really, I don't know. I think there's a better chance that the Jets blow out the Raiders than the Raiders blow out the I Jets. I think so. You get yeah, yeah. Jets defense could force a bunch of turnovers, a couple pick sixes. I guess. I guess. Um, yeah, it just feels like a little shaky as a teaser like to me. But it is a low total game, and it's one one and a half. So like we have to we have to at least have the conversation. Also, like Zach Wilson got sacked eight times last night. Like in like Joey Bosa turning back the clock, Khalil Mack turning back the clock. Like Max Crosby is fifty times better than those guys right now. Like maybe not for their yes. careers, but like Max yes, Crosby is. fifty times better than. But like, what's gonna happen on? What you gonna? What's gonna happen on Sunday with like Max Crosby and Zach Wilson? Like, how's this gonna go? Like, how is he not like in the backfield on every single passing play? It's like Mr. T and Rocky Three. Like prediction, pain. Pain, yeah, definitely, and then maybe victory cigars afterwards. I th I think it's Raiders or nothing for me, but yeah, I'll reserve the right to change my mind on this one. Um, I promise I have a strong betting thought coming up on the next game. Uh, you better you bet on a Tuesday here with Nick and Ken, and that Ken is Monday Night Football with the Bills and the Broncos. So Buffalo coming off the loss to Cincinnati, a seven and a half point favorite against Denver, who's obviously like looked pretty good prior to their bye week this past week, beating Kansas City in the uh, in the last game. So maybe hashtag good vibes right now for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. Like you got these flowery puff pieces right now of Payton talking up Russell Wilson and how good he's been. And to be fair, like he has been pretty good this year. And like I'm willing to take an L. I thought by, like, this point in the season, like, Jared Stidham would be playing. That's clearly not the case, so I'll take the L there. Maybe he'll play at the end of the year, but, like, Russ has been better than I expected. And uh, the Broncos are, like, not out of it right now at the bottom of the AFC playoff picture. I'm not saying they're going to make it. Just literally stating a fact. They are not out of it. Like, they're still very much in it right now for a playoff spot. 
in the AFC. I thought, Ken, I thought that Buffalo might make a move at offensive coordinator after the game on Sunday night. It felt like Josh Allen and Sean McDermott were kind of like tired of what was going on with the Ken Dorsey offense. I felt like they might make a move. And then McDermott announcing that Dorsey is going to be back calling the plays this week. So I, I'm on Dorsey watch here. I think if this goes poorly on Monday, I think like they are going to make a move and like get a new play call or someone else to coordinate the offense. But for now, it'll be Ken Dorsey and the Bills seven and a half point favorites against Denver. The total is 47. Yeah, I mean, I think we're I think we're on the same side of this game. We almost have to be. Uh, I think we both like Denver. I certainly like Denver a lot, um, and I think Denver is very live to win, and I'll probably bet them to win the game also. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion, I don't have to be right, that uh, that Denver is going to be maybe the hot team in the second half of the season. I think it's possible that that's going to happen. Um, You just kind of like follow the team and their arc up to this point. Uh, You remember who the coach is. Uh, You look at how the quarterback has played so far. You look at how the defense has played the last couple weeks when they were, and I can't emphasize this strongly enough, the worst defense by some measurement of all time in the first three games. Obviously gave up 70 to Miami and played great and played great against Mahomes the week before the bye. I'm mindful of the week-to-week NFL. Like, I get it. that we We are down on the Bills right now, so maybe they come back. And we're probably pretty high on the Broncos. They beat the Chiefs in their last game. And maybe they come back, and that would that would tell you Buffalo here. Like, the week-to-week nature of the NFL would say, like, buy the team no one wants and fade the team that everyone now thinks is good. Except, like, this number isn't that. I yep. was actually really curious how this was going to get bet. I thought, like, I saw, like, it, it opened, like, eight and a half, nine, but for, like, five seconds. It's basically been seven and a half for a while. And I was like, do I have to bet Denver, like, I can't be the only one that thinks that this game needs to be at least seven uh, with how the Bills have played so far. Is that is that and your projected not. point spread, by the way? Is your number in the game seven or is it lower? No, it's it's higher still because the Bills still get so much credit. Like it's, Minus uh, seven it's like seven and a half, eight. Yeah, like the, but it, my number is just more crafted by like the closing point spreads and less by how the teams have played, although that's like part of it too. And like, because think about it, like in this era of the Bills, these games are always more than a touchdown always when they play teams like this and like to me like that's the mistake is that none of this is the normal bills none of it like that they're just not as good and we're like the market and it's not like the market's wrong and i'm right like i'm i'm slow to get to that and the market i feel like is kind of slow to get to that but i think you mentioned this could be dorsey which is a really interesting angle in the game i didn't even talk think about that just like I think this game is like a catalyst for both teams where I do actually, and this is this is subjective, I think the Broncos are going to win the game. I think it's more likely than the market does that they are a, a pretty good team, like a formidable team in the second half of the season. They play a lot of other interesting teams who have playoff aspirations too. So if they're good, those games are fascinating. Uh, and I think the Bills, I think they they did nothing to your point about the offensive coordinator. They did nothing off the last game. Like, uh, cool. I want to play on Buffalo too in a bounce back. When they do something, like when they give you a reason that they're going to like turn things around or pivot, you need some kind of catalyst to make that happen. I don't think that was it against Cincinnati. I think they have to like lose an embarrassing game and then they make changes. Like lose to Cincinnati on the road. Like that's, oh, we're not going to make any changes. Dorsey's going to call plays. Like everything's going to be the same. You lose this game, like that, that doesn't fly anymore. Like you got to do a bunch of stuff. I think that happens, actually. That's sort of like my subjective opinion. I also just betting wise like the number a lot in the game. And I'm really, I am big on Denver in the second half. I actually think there's some like futures and like outlandish markets that they could get involved in. And it involves winning this game to start. But I think those are, those things are all live.
And curious if you agree with this. I, I think the Bills kind of like organizationally are up against it a little bit here. Where off of last year, you know, Sean McDermott kind of throws Leslie Frazier under the bus, right? The former like highly regarded defensive. And this is like not so much to slam McDermott, but it is a little bit. Like, okay, like he was the scapegoat. Leslie Frazier is the scapegoat. Now I, meaning Sean McDermott, I will call the defense. Uh, what happened to the, and look, they only let up 24 points, but Cincinnati kind of like, if that game had kept up in a breakneck pace, I feel like that Cincinnati would have scored a lot more in the game. Cincinnati goes through them like a hot knife through butter to start the game, and then at the end of the game, they go on the four-minute drive to close it out. Like, Buffalo couldn't get off the field when they needed to get off the field. So, like, there's no other move to be made defensively. McDermott's calling the plays. He's the head coach. The buck stops with him. The guys that are hurt aren't coming back. Milano's not coming back. Tredavious White isn't coming back. Those are two cataclysmic losses, and it's no one's fault. But, like, that's what happens in the NFL. Like, guys get hurt. And and, and on offense, and, like, I just slammed the defense, and I slammed McDermott a little bit. Also, like, where's your offense in that game? This, this supposedly, like, high-octane offense. Like, the move is... To get, have someone new calling the plays. And like they have, to your point, Ken, I felt like, I felt like this is the week to do it. Like not after losing to Denver, potentially. Uh, if they fired Dorsey and they had someone else calling the plays next week, I'd be like, okay, like maybe this will be something a little different. I, I think it's tough to trust this offense right now. They, they, they only scored 18 points against Cincinnati and eight of them came at the very end of the game. And I get the Bengals are a good team. I just think they're up against it right now. And until like they have that tipping point, Ken, to your point, maybe it's losing to Denver and then they make a move, like a big move. They got to do something here. Uh, uh, that is one of uh, many reasons why I like the Broncos in the game. Also, to your point, uh, I like the number. I like to win on seven if the like, game lands Bills by seven. Yeah. So Bro Absolutely. Broncos plus seven and a half, a definite bet for me. I think what I would emphasize is because I'm always mindful of like, you know, if you have a team that you think might be really good and I we don't know what the Bills are, but like the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Niners, like you have those teams that are that rated. The Bengals would be a perfect example of this. Like, you know, if they go through a slump, like you are kind of like dying to find a spot to play on them. Like that's what I was with Cincinnati at the start of the year. Like, yeah, like let's buy in now because I do think the team is still going to be something. It's been a long enough stretch with Buffalo. It, we We have to start asking, like, is this just what it is? Like last five weeks five weeks jags they lose in london giants barely win sunday night football lose to the patriots like win but don't cover against tampa it looks like it's gonna go great and it really doesn't they win 24 18 unable to put tampa away a bunch of times in that game and then they lose to cincinnati that's five straight games so like yeah like every week you could have been like well this is the bounce back a lot of people did that in the tampa game and to be fair tampa had the craziest drive ever to backdoor that i would not consider 24 10 tampa at home the like groundbreaking accomplishment in terms of like getting off the schneid for them as a team it's five straight weeks of like this is what it is they can't they the tampa can't cover set five straight weeks denver would have covered all num all the numbers in those five games at seven and a half they can't cover this one and then maybe they make changes Bills against the Jaguars. So since the Jaguars game, 20 points, 14, 25, 24, 18. Give me the Broncos plus seven and a half. On the other side, a little bit more to wrap up week 10, our handicap week 10 in the NFL. And then we'll talk the most valuable player in the NBA. Down and goal. Blocked by Troutman. Here comes Kolaptis. There goes Wilson. Touchdown! Sutton touchdown, Denver! Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Kevin Harlan with the call there. Will Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. 
get it rolling on Monday night against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I think we think so. We like Denver in the game, plus the 7.5. We'll get to our pal Pete Blackburn coming up in 20 minutes. Uh, from What Chaos, new show as part of the All City Network. Also doing great work for our friends, our teammates here at Stadium. Power Hour, final hour, 40 minutes from now, featuring all our bets for tonight. We'll get to NBA Most Valuable Player in a little bit. Lockmas coming up in a little bit as well. But Ken, out of the four games that we discussed today for Week 10 in the National Football League, Lions-Chargers, Seahawks-Commies, Jets-Raiders, Bills-Broncos, what is your favorite bet out of those? And then we'll give all our bets for Week number 10 coming up in the final hour of the show. Certainly Denver. Um, That might speak more to how uh, my lack of confidence in the other three Maybe two, just like, you know, I, I like Washington a little. I don't really like anything in Jets Raiders. I like the Lions a little. I really just like the number. I don't even, like, I even conceptualize the game in a way where I think they're going to win. I just think two and a half is going to go to three, and I kind of want to bet it in that game. So, yeah, just like actually what I think is going to happen on the field. I, I I got some real irrational like whoppers of opinions about Denver coming up here in the next eight, nine weeks. Like, I, I think... Uh, I think they might start cooking a little bit, and I think things get really interesting when that happens. Because, like, you, you know, and if you're listening to this, like, you can think I'm nuts. That's fine. But play it out like, what if they did it? Like, what if what if they won this game? And now they're, like, what, four and five? And had their bye already? Like, I, like it. they get a lot closer to other teams you think are good. And it, it all it takes is this one game for that to kind of get set off. Um I don't think Sean Payton's going to win coach of the year, but I'll tell you, he's 180 to one right now. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to win comeback player of the year. There are some 75 to ones out there and he's been really good. And he was one of the favorites before the season. These are the kinds of irrational opinions. I don't think these things are going to happen. Like, I don't think they're likely, but I think they're going to happen just often enough that it's interesting. And obviously all of that starts with this. So it's almost like, why would I even bet that? They almost have to beat the Bills for any of that to happen. I guess I'll just beat him, bet him to beat the Bills, and then we'll take it from there. Oh, so only one sure bet for me out of these four games, and that's Denver. Lean towards the Raiders, haven't placed a bet yet. Lean towards the Commanders, I don't know if I will bet that game. Lean towards the Lions and the under, but want a little bit more time to think about that game. But Broncos is a, 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 a lock of a bet, plus seven and a half on Monday night against Buffalo. And that's our initial handicap of Week 10 in the National Football League. Again, in the Power Hour, final hour of the show, we'll give you the games we've already bet for Week number 10. All right, we teased it in the first hour of the show. We didn't get to it because we honestly had like a lot of other good stuff that we were talking about. So let's do a little bit here. We could save Lockmas, or maybe we'll do it later in the segment as well. Ken, let's do some NBA Most Valuable Player right now. We had a couple of award markets in the first hour. Let's make sure we have a conversation about this one. Uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, the reigning NBA Finals MVP and two-time MVP in the past. Uh, Jokic plus 300, the favorite at Ben MGM. Luka Doncic is the second choice in the market, plus 450. Jason Tatum is 7-1. to Last year's MVP, Joel Embiid, uh, is 10-1, to along with Steph Curry. Giannis is at 12-1. to uh, I will choose to draw the Gettleman line there. If you think anything, anyone else is interesting, please bring them up. Uh, thoughts right now, Ken? We are literally ex- exactly two weeks into the season. Season started two weeks ago today on this Tuesday. Uh Thoughts on NBA most valuable player? Any any valuable bets you think can be placed right now? I I wasn't sure I was going to bet this so early in the season. I made no this is the one of the first times and I've been betting NBA MVP longer than I've been betting like almost anything, which is to say like maybe 8 to 10 years I've been betting this award. It's like one of the first things I ever started betting. Uh I think one of the first bets I ever placed like in an award market was 
uh, Giannis in his first MVP season that like, I thought that was like a real thing that he could win. And then he ended up winning obviously. Um, but going back like the Westbrook season, I remember thinking about that market too. Anyway, um, I just, it's one, it's one of my favorites, even though the, the discourse around it is obviously insanely toxic, but like, I still like thinking about it. The NBA is just, I, it's one of my favorite sports. I think it's really interesting. And I, this is one of the first years I bet nobody going into the season. And it was tough because I, I was like, okay, like there's, a, there's a, a torch being passed at some point here. And maybe it's this year and maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after where we've had the same, sus the usual suspects, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis to a lesser extent now, um, you know, like they've been dominating the conversation about this award. Okay. Like now they've all won. And in Jokic's case, won twice. And Giannis's case, won twice. And Embiid's got one. And so like, all right. Are we then? Are we on to the next thing? Which I think everyone's kind of dying for, to be honest. Or is it like one more year of these guys are still the best, and like we're not we're not there yet? And the guys who are kind of coming up and who are starting to get ready, Luca, SGA, Anthony Edwards, maybe Donovan Mitchell, but I think that's going to be like when he goes to a new team next year or something that happens. Like these uh, Tatum, these next guys, like are they? Is it really their time yet? Or are we? Is it one more year? of like, this is what it is. And it's early, but man, seems like it's one more year of this is what it is. Seems like really, really likely that it's one more year of this is what it is. And I, I say that just because like, look, the easiest way to handicap, <clears throat> excuse me, most valuable player is not by a bunch of people like tweeting out that they like a bunch of guys and like, oh my God, that dude dropped 40, like he's gonna win MVP. The easiest way to do it is to combine team success, who's gonna be really good, who's gonna win the most games, with uh, widely available, recognizable player value metrics, PER, all the plus minuses that are out there, win shares. Uh, since the NBA, and really like the people who cover the NBA, since they all adopted these things and like made them part of the discourse, it's happened like in the last 10 to 15 years. Here's the MVP winner. Here's how the MVP winner finished in PER in the last 15 years. Second, first, 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 third, first, first, first. Okay? Seems like that's pretty damn so, predictive of who's going to win MVP. So so what are you saying? Box plus minus, which is the basketball reference plus minus. It's the one that's like the easiest to find of all the ones that people do. Uh, winner. Here's where they ranked at the end of the year in this category. Second, first, 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 second, first, 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 third, first, first. It's like, it's it, it's, this is not complicated, guys. Like, yes, you don't have to be first in all the metrics. You got to be really high up. We could do the same thing with win shares. We could do win shares per 48. We could do some of the other stuff. It's not complicated. It's just not. And there are certain players who can get into that tier, like be able to be ranked that highly in player value metrics. And there are a lot of players who can't. And that's it. And it's really almost unfair. But this is how we award MVP. This is what happens. So like, yeah, like you might be like, well, Embiid, like Embiid was second, like Embiid did not beat Jokic last year, but he got close enough that it could be an interesting conversation. So if you want to beat these guys, these guys who have been around for a few years, you want to beat Jokic, you want to beat Embiid, Giannis, it's not really happening this year, Lillard, and I think they're going to rest him and stuff. But those two guys still, Embiid and Jokic, like height of their powers. Okay, you want to beat him for most valuable player? You got to get close enough that we can have the conversation. And all the players that you probably listening to this think are interesting are not remotely close where we can have the con. They're just not. They're just not even close. Jason Tatum's a great player. It's like a first-team All-NBA caliber player, and they might win a ton of games. Like, if they win, cool. If they go 70-2, and two, 
then he probably gets the, the most valuable. I'm going to guess that's not going to happen. I'm going to guess they win like mid to high 50s, be the one seed, which, you know, they did last year. I feel like we're going to have the same conversation. Again, small sample, but we've seen this with Tatum year after year after year. PER, ninth. Again, like I just, we, again, we go through the categories. Plus, plus minus, 10th. Win shares, 8th. Not close. You want to do Anthony Edwards? It gets way, way, way worse. Like you want to do these, like it's just, again, not even in the conversation. Not going to be in the conversation. Like hate to break it to everybody. So yeah, like these guys can improve. Edwards can play better. But like Tatum, I think we know what that is. Donovan Mitchell, I think we know what that is. And it's really good. And he's actually gotten off to an even better start than he normally does. It's just, it feels second tier. And Luca's the guy who's kind of the bridge between the two. Some years and sometimes it's like he's in that conversation with Jokic and Embiid and the numbers are that good, but they just don't win enough. This year they're winning a little bit more. Look at look at what's happening to his shots and his usage since Kyrie came back. He takes like no shots now. His PER is like as low as I've ever seen it. And they're winning. <laughs> like, and they're good. Because he doesn't take as many shots. So, like, is if that's again, it doesn't have to be like this, but if that's what this is gonna be, they're gonna win more, and he's not gonna win MVP. Like, that's not gonna happen because the numbers won't be as good. Like, you actually need both. So, like, I but I wanted to wait to start this year to just be like, is it gonna be different? Am I crazy? Or is it like another year of this? And I honestly think like just at this moment, and this isn't just like, well, five games, that's so small. It's like, no, just projecting forward. Like, I know kind of how these guys are statistically. I know how they fit together. I know who's going to win a lot of games, at least who we think is going to win a lot of games. I bet a ton of Embiid the last two days because he got off market. There's 14s out there. There's 12s out there on him at a bunch of places. Yes, please. First, second in all these categories. I think they're going to win a billion games. I actually think there's a chance they win the NBA title. We did that last week. Like, I think they're actually interesting in live now that they jettison James Harden and now that they have a coach that won an NBA championship. I think he's really interesting still to win back to back. But mostly, like, the discourse around the NBA right now is that there's a huge gap between Jokic and everybody else. And a, a couple of popular NBA writers even wrote today, it feels like the gap between him and the second and third best player is wider than like any gap since like Michael Jordan was playing or something like that. Like that that's where we are right now. And Jamal Murray's going to be out for a little bit. Jokic was great again last night. It's the two of them in tandem. It's the, it's the usual suspects for me. Um, the buy point on Jokic is interesting. It's almost like he's already so short-priced. Is it even worth anything? I think you need some because like this could. I actually think this could just not be a thing this year. And it might be it's the two of them and they just run away and we have this conversation again. I just don't see it from the other players right now. The metrics aren't there. The team performance for Denver and Philly are both still outstanding, so the favorites are not vulnerable. It feel like it's it feels old. I understand that, but I just doesn't seem like anybody's ready right now, or nobody's kind of fitting together the right way. So uh, I bet a ton of Embiid. I'll balance that with Jokic, but I'm kind of not in a hurry to do that all at once, just in case there's like a, a one week bump where somebody gets a bump and his price goes back up. But I think it's going to be those two for me for a long time, subject to change. But like that's who I've been buying. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Tuesday talking NBA most valuable player. And you mentioned Jamal Murray and his absence and Michael Malone. Like, we don't know how long Murray is going to be out. Michael Malone describing it as like not like a one or two game injury, a hamstring injury for Jamal Murray. And like, you know how this goes. We talk about it a lot with football. You come back too early from a hamstring injury. You re-aggravate that and you're out for a long ass time. So I think Murray is going to be out for a little bit. Um, I We talked about this before the show. It's like random prop note. And I hate to bring this guy up because... 
He caused both of us a lot of pain and discomfort this past NCAA tournament when he hit that dagger three for Gonzaga against UCLA. Uh, Julian Strother, the former Gonzaga player, uh, took a ton of threes last night with Jamal Murray out, and like Mike Malone was praising him after the game. Strother's like, yeah, like once I start shooting, it starts going in, I'm going to keep shooting. Do we feel like Julian Strother th- three, am I even pronouncing his name correctly? Do we feel yeah. like his threes are going to be a thing moving forward while Jamal Murray's out? Like, is that going to be something we should be targeting in the old prop market? I circled that one we after should... last night. <laughs> sure. I, know you had a, I think you had another one that you want to talk about too. We, uh, we should certainly ask Mike Gallagher about that, who apparently just never loses prop bets, by the way, which is pretty outrageous. He's like 9-0 Mike. this year. He went 9-0 uh, like, last night. Uh, that's what I was going to say, because I saw that tweet, and I was like, yeah. he's only bet nine props this season? No, that had to no, have been like, like 90 So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. won like 80% or something. Something outrageous. He's awesome. Um, yeah, we definitely asked him about it. That's like really in the weeds. I I don't know what Denver's going to do to replace Murray's production, like in terms of their rotation. Like they're they're not playing Christian Brown like more. That's not happening. Um, but they they played Strother and they seem to like him. They play a couple other guys about the same minutes. It's it's possible. I, just the key is like as long as you, this is the thing though. This is one of the great things I think if you, for people who go play in Denver and how everybody talks about the Nuggets. It's like you know, you know who the good player like you know what players get way better players that play with Jokic. It's like you just get better. You're just good because he's so good. <laughs> he's just so so good. And uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. What was your other? Yet another takeaway from last night. What was your? What was one of your other ones? Oh, I had a bunch of a bunch of ones. Somebody I, else. I, another I, threes I, one though, right? Well, I don't know like what Osar Thompson's points prop is going to be like moving forward, but he okay. literally scores like like actually scores like sixteen. But I think sure. I I want to say. Like in the last like four games, in three of the last four, he's had like an exact points rebound stat line of sixteen points and seven rebounds. Like that's been okay. his stat line literally in like three of the last four games. But I mean, like he shoots at a high percentage, and like I think like his points probably needs to be in like the mid teens at this point, like somewhere like fourteen to sixteen. I feel like probably probably makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Strother three pointers I had like. Is Chad Holmgren just going to have a double-double every single game? Is that going to be what this is? Curious what those prices are going to start being. Maxi uh, assists I had written down after Maxi had 11 assists sure. last night, obviously with Harden out. And the other yep. is going to be, and like Ken, you were right to bring up what you brought up when we talked about this off-air. Alec Burks is out right now for Detroit. Ivy's missed a couple games with an illness. Um, Marcus, it's just like, hey, like random really good college basketball players at the end of NBA benches. Marcus Sasser, the one-time Houston Cougar, yeah. now at the end of the last bench year. for the Detroit Pistons. And he, he started to get like a lot of run even like when ivy was playing and like burks was playing like sasser was coming into games and he just he's chucking up threes when he comes in to get eight three-point attempts last night i'm curious like even when like ivy comes back and burks comes back if we get three point like props posted for Mar- marcus sasser not like i'm gonna unload also like you can't like bet a ton of money into these things just like i'm gonna be watching it to see if there's like an angle there i i feel like i'm never gonna beat shocker I feel like I'm never going to consistently beat side and total in the NBA. I could get lucky and go on a hot streak at, at points, but uh, I think I might try and like dominate NBA props this year and like really awesome. do a lot of prop work. Yeah, I love it. That's great. Yeah, Strawberry well, I mean, threes maybe the best of the bunch there for you on the stuff that you brought up. It's really interesting if yeah. they do really like them. I I feel like Sasser's good too. I guess we'll, I guess hashtag time will tell. On the other side, Pete Blackburn joins us talking National Hockey League. Nick and Ken, you better you bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
credit. The beat goes on for the Canuck captain who ties the game in one. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Sportsnet with the call there. The Vancouver Canucks, as we described earlier in the show, an absolute wagon dominating the Edmonton Oilers to the point that Edmonton wave goalie Jack Campbell is going to go down to the minors and hope to hashtag regain his form. We'll see, see about that. Also, also, like, I, how is the head coach like still employed? I'm not like I don't want anyone to lose their job. Like, how does this guy still have a job right now with how the season has gone for Edmonton? What are they two and nine? Something like that. Two, two, like two, like nine and one, something like that. Yeah, they've been horrendous. oh and one. Oh, well, never mind. Oh no, yes, oh and oh, oh and one. Oh, oh, OJ Woodcroft. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, not so good. Uh, Jay Woodcroft has not been great for the uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk all things hockey with our pal Pete Blackburn coming up in just a second. But want to remind our live audience watching us on Stadium right now. This is our final segment for the day on Stadium, which I know is sad, but that's okay. Because if you want to check out the final hour, the power hour of the show featuring all our bets for tonight, including our bets of steel in the National Hockey League, uh, flip on over to twitch.tv backslash betql a little over 10 minutes from now to check out the final hour of the show. But until we get to the final hour of the show, it's great to welcome back to You Better You Bet, one of our one of our favorite guests, especially talking National Hockey League. And uh, congratulations are in order for our pal, Pete Blackburn, who is the newly minted host of uh, the new show as part of the All City Network. What Chaos is the name of the show off like a famous like Doc Emmerich clip. They are killing it right now. Pete and his co-host DJ Bean, like great interviews with like current hockey players. Connor Bedard was just on with them. So they are doing an outstanding job right now. We encourage everybody. You're into hockey. Like there's been a big hockey season on our show. We're betting it every single night. I think people are really into it right now. Check out Pete's new show. Again, it's called What Chaos as part of the All City Network. And Pete also doing great work for not only our friends at Bally Sports, but a teammate of ours here at Stadium. And he's on Twitter, at Pete Blackburn. Look at Handsome, as always, with that jawline that just makes me want to punch him in the face because he's so good-looking. Pete, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, my friend, how's it going? And congratulations on the new show. This is why you never have to ask me to come on this show, just because it's yeah, like right? the compliment corner for me. And, and so uh, <laughs> much appreciated across all boards there. Uh, what an intro. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's like, it's like, Pete, you're the best possible person in every way. Thanks for joining us. I'd be like, well, yeah, I'm just going to say yes every single week. Now there's just nothing, nothing else. Uh, you know, we're uh, not quite a month into the season. It's funny. There was already like an awards post from Greg Wyshynski. A lot of people are having kind of big picture conversations about the NHL. What just like a couple things that have surprised you? It could be a team. could be a player performance. We'll get into some more specific betting markets and stuff, but we haven't talked to you since the season started. What's kind of stood out to you? Yeah, well, I mean, the... You guys touched on the Oilers. The fact that they're the 31st ranked team in the league right now is crazy to me. Uh, The San Jose Sharks might be the worst team that we've ever seen in NHL history. That's been very fun to watch. And then, you know, sticking in in that Pacific division, like the Anaheim Ducks have been incredible to start the year. And they finished as one of the worst teams in the league last year. So, uh, or the worst team in the league last year. So, you know, this is a, a season full of surprises straight out of the gate both in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Pete, I, the Vancouver Canucks have become like the official team so far of You Better You Bet. I feel like mm-hmm. we, we bet them in a lot of games, in award markets. Like I, I kind of hope they don't win awards because Ken may retire from the show if that happens and they sweep Possible. the awards market here. Like Rick Tockett, obviously, for Coach of the Year. Thatcher Demko, obviously, for the Vezina. Quinn Hughes for the Norris. Like They've been amazing to start the year. Is this something that you think is sustainable with the Vancouver Canucks who railroaded yet again the Edmonton Oilers on, uh, on Monday night? Um, 
I, so I think they're a good team. I don't know if this level of play is sustainable. Um, I don't know if they're going to rank near the top of the leagues on both ends of the ice uh, when all is said and done. And you look at their PDO, which I don't know how deep you guys go into hockey analytics, but PDO is basically combined save percentage and shooting percentage. And they've got an unsustainable PDO right now. It's You're supposed to land somewhere around 101, that area, and they're at 108, which means that they're getting uh, far superior results than expected right now um both in their shooting percentage and their save percentage thatcher demko has been unbelievable to start the season but you know their shooting percentage is going to come back down to earth which means that their performance probably will at some point but uh, again like i still think this is a very good team they have very strong pillars i think quinn hughes is taking a massive step i could see him winning the norris this year um his production is just off the charts and again if you're if Thatcher Demko continues to play the way that he's playing or anywhere near that, they're going to have a lot of success because they've they've tightened it up defensively and they're getting great goaltending and that's exactly what you need to compete in this league. So Pete, if we if we think Vancouver and I don't disagree with you, like I I bet Vancouver to win the President's Trophy just because it was fifty to one and it's like ah like maybe what if this just keeps up? But I'm with you, like they'll probably fall back a little bit. Okay, let's talk about like maybe who the best team in the league might be at the end of the year. The Bruins set a ton of records last year for like wins and points, and they won a bunch of awards. They're off to a phenomenal start. In the West, Vegas would be kind of their adversary who's off to a really good start. Obviously, some history between their coaches. Um, do you think it's one of them, President's Trophy, at the end of the year? Is it a team that we're not really talking about right now? Dallas, New Jersey, somebody else? Just like at the end of the Colorado, how do you think this stacks up at the end of the year? President's Trophy, just best team in the league? Um. You know, right now, I, I think that I'm looking at towards the Western Conference as probably uh, where you're going to see the President's Trophy. I just think based off what we've seen and based off of sustainability, like Vegas, Colorado, those two teams are really good. And if they stay healthy, I could see them winning the President's Trophy. I also think that you're probably looking at the weaker back ends of the uh, back end of the conference when it comes to to, to the western conference so they're going to have some some cupcakes more more so than the the eastern conference um but yeah i think that those teams are probably near the top of the list colorado has been really impressive to me the j just the big thing with them is whether or not they can stay healthy because that always that always kind of tanks them a little bit in the regular season ah Love Colorado tonight against the, the Devils. Ken and I will talk about that game and yeah. more bets of steel in the power hour, the final hour of the show. It is You Better You Bet on a Tuesday, and we're very happy right now to be talking the National Hockey League with our guest, Pete Blackburn. you got to check out Pete's new hockey show, What Chaos, Monday through Thursday as part of the All City Network. Also check out Pete on Bally Sports and one of our teammates here at Stadium. Uh, Pete, you mentioned off the top, and you're right, and we agree that the San Jose Sharks might be the worst team we've ever seen. Literally, for people that don't like know, ever. so maybe you're locked into other sports, yeah. uh, literally, in their last two games, in hockey, they're being outscored 20-3 to in hockey in two games. So, like, tonight, for instance, they're hosting the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Flyers are not one of the best teams in the league. Philly's almost a minus 200 road favorite tonight. Like, at some point, you would think, and maybe the answer is never. Like, the Oakland Athletics had, like, a, like a nice little streak this year in Major League Baseball, one of the worst teams we've ever seen on the diamond. Like, at some point, the Sharks maybe are going to start playing a little better, winning a couple games. Maybe it's tonight. Or, Pete, maybe you feel like it just doesn't happen, and this is actually the worst team we've ever seen. Like, what do you think about San Jose's arc right now? Is the time coming soon, you think, where this team's going to start playing a little bit better? I'll tell you what. 
they play the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday, and that is shaping up to be the oh, game man. of my lifetime. Because I, if they, if uh, if Philly wins tonight and beats San Jose, and you head into Thursday with a San Jose versus Edmonton game with potentially like jobs on the line in Edmonton, because right. if they lose that game, uh, th- there for sure are going to be firings. And so Thursday night, like I'm really praying that the Flyers win tonight and then we get that matchup on Thursday because it'll be the 31st and 32nd ranked team in the NHL and just the stakes will be super high. And I could absolutely see the Sharks winning that game. But I do think the Sharks are very much trending towards being the worst team of all time. Uh, Their back end is just an absolute disaster. They're not getting any saves. And based off what I see on paper, I don't recognize a whole lot of those names. And so it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me that things are going to get better. And I guess like the, 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 you know, the way that you could look at it is if you're a San Jose fan, like if you're going to tank, make it interesting, make it historic, just be the worst team of all time rather than a team that just continuously bores the hell out of you or just kind of death by a thousand cuts. At least this is a circus in an entertainment show. Yeah, why be normal awful when you can be like awful, awful, right. awful, awful, I guess. Uh, P, we got like uh, three minutes left. Definitely want to get maybe a bet for tonight. So just in like a minute here, want to ask you about the Hart Trophy for for most valuable player. Now, it's very early, but this market's been upset a couple times already. McDavid missed a few games at the start of the year. Jack Hughes is week to week with an injury. He seemed on his way to being the favorite to win this award. So it's kind of uncertain what's going to happen right now. Austin Matthews has played very well. The market's unclear, like McDavid, Matthews, kind of Jack Hughes, but we don't know when he's coming back. In like a minute here just what's your best guess like what are we going to see at the end of the year based on a really small number of games well i'll tell you what i bet uh, i placed a bet yesterday on connor mcdavid to win the heart at plus 250 just because anytime you can get mcdavid at, at plus money and plus 250 is really good value and based on what we've seen from the Oilers, yeah they've looked bad i also think they've looked unlucky i mean you look at their expected goals they have i believe the second most second best expected goals rate in the nhl which means that they're going to find their offense at some point. Uh, the the goaltending can't get worse. And if the Edmonton Oilers do make the playoffs and they do sneak in, even if it's a, like a bubble team, uh, you're gonna people are going to be looking at Connor McDavid, who's probably going to finish upwards more than 100 points. That seems like a shoe-in no matter how many games he misses. Uh, if he finishes over 100 points, they sneak into the playoffs. He's going to get credit for kind of dragging a te- that team's lifeless corpse to the playoffs, and that does translate into heart votes. Um, so, you know, I, I, I really still like McDavid to win that award, even with the struggles early in the season. All right, Pete, let's close with this. We have about 30 seconds to go. Like one or two things that you like tonight on the betting card in the National Hockey League. I really like the value on the Detroit Red Wings up against the uh, the New York Rangers, especially with Jonathan Quick and net. Dylan Larkin did practice this morning, so if he gets back in, I like the value on the Red Wings. I also uh, I really like the value on Alex Dabrinkit to get back on the board with an anytime goal, uh, just because he's been held off the uh, off that stat sheet for five straight games. But he, he was lighting it up uh, to start this season. And with Larkin back in the lineup, if that's the case, I think that connection gets on the board and Debrink gets a goal. Uh, it brings me oh, no man. pleasure to say that uh, that I agree, and I know Ken does also, that we all like the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. We were texting about that before the show. As a and Ranger fan, it gives me no pleasure when, to say when that. When had scores a goal, oh, they're on the road tonight, though, probably. If they were at home and he scores, what would they play in the arena? Oh, I don't know. What do they play in the arena? They, they, they play, play the play uh, M&M, right? A, a yeah, cut of yeah, M&M. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh you need to check it out. It's one of the funniest oh, things ever. Uh, it's the best.
<laughs> it's the best. It's uh, awesome. Pete is the best. Pete's on Twitter at Pete Blackburn. Bally Sports, uh, a teammate of ours at Stadium. And be sure to check out What Chaos Monday through Thursdays as part of the All City Network. My friend, we appreciate it. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Love you guys. Head on over. Love you too. Head on over to twitch.tv backslash betql to check out the power hour, final hour of the show if you're watching on Stadium. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.